What's up, everybody? It's Lo, your host, and the rest of Vols ATB crew back with Brando, Uncle Al, and Drew. Um, awesome weekend for the baseballs once again. They were regular season SEC champs, and then they also won the SEC tournament. So just absolutely dominant performance. Um, Brando is going to kick us off with them just kicking ass and giving us his first thoughts. I want to apologize real quick if I sound very raspy. I just cannot get it together tonight. So apologies in advance. Oh, um, I mean, what a weekend. You know, last week when we were here, it was us waiting like a whole day because of the whole rain delay and the weather, which was absolutely awful to, you know, start with. But to cap it off, Tennessee went out there, even though it was 2 a.m. or 3 a.m., they got the job done being LSU or Vanderbilt, LSU, Kentucky and Florida all in a prominence order. I felt like that was a, a very nice order as a Vols fan of taking down those teams. I feel like that was like the best path for us. Uh, topping off a crazy, crazy season, 53 and seven overall, now uh, 25 and five in conference. Crazy historic season. Uh, also making some history. We're the first ever program in history to win a baseball and a basketball conference championship in the same year, which I thought was like a really cool stat. But all in all, just crazy, crazy. Um, all the games were really close. And then, you know, in the final score, it was like 12-2 for LSU, Kentucky. Like, I was kind of nervous there with Burns and everything. And then we blew them out. And then uh, Florida, to top it off, that was a crazy game. Shout out to Drew Gilbert getting the job done. I can't believe that you would walk and try to uh, sacrifice walk just to pitch to Drew Gilbert. That was the biggest mistake that uh, Florida made that day. But all in all, happy, happy to see the wins. Happy to see Tony V emotional. And now we just look forward to regionals. It's going to be a crazy path. Yeah, I mean, that was a fantastic performance. This tournament, you know, averaged 10 runs the entire time during tournament play. And, you know, as crazy as it seemed like, even during, you know, the Florida game and the Kentucky games, there was never any doubt whatsoever that, like, we weren't going to like, pull away. And, you know, obviously we did. But, I mean, you know, Drew Gilbert got the, you know, SEC tournament MVP. One of the craziest stats, I think, that I've ever seen for any sport was that Tennessee this year has more home runs than runs allowed, which is, like, mind-blowing. I mean, we have more homers than runs that we've given up the entire season, and we probably will likely have that very same stat by the end of the year uh, when, we, when we do win the national championship, of course. But unbelievable season. It just keeps on getting better. It's hard to believe that we're at the very end of it, but, you know, Got the number one overall seed for the first time ever, which is huge. Speaks volumes for Tony B. Speaks volumes for the program at where it's at right now. And, you know, I'm very excited about Friday's game against Alabama State. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna do my uh, disservice right quick and say that I only watched one game, um, and it was the Kentucky game. Reason being, I had full faith. I know. I'm sorry, Drew. I'm sorry. I had full no, faith in these boys to be Vandy, LSU, and then once I got to Kentucky, I will say I did get a little nervous just because of what happened during the season. Uh, because I also, like I said, again, I didn't get to watch that series either. But so I knew I knew that it was about to get real with them. And so I was like, all right, let me tune in. And so nerves started setting in about seventh inning when it was still twos. And then what an offensive explosion by them boys to just put 10 on them real quick and go up 12-2. I mean, that it, – it, the, the best way to say it is the way Drew says it is just send them back to the dang coal mines. <laughs> and there's nothing more enjoyable than just seeing Hell Kentucky yeah. fans upset. Yeah, tell them. Come on, tell them. <laughs> Get back in those coal mines, you yokels. 
Come on, tell him. But yeah, get back in that coma. <laughs> that was the biggest thing for me is that is that we avenged our only series loss this season. Uh, we did it in good fashion, and then like you were saying, Brando, we we get to Florida. We're up seven zero. We finish eight five, which we could have we could have blanked them. We we really could have put it on them. But I mean, how mad can you be when you win a championship? You know what I'm saying? So. Like you said, first one or first program in history to win men's basketball and baseball in the same season—that's pretty big. Um, I think somebody said that in in the one academic calendar year we've had five conference championships: uh, two baseball, one basketball, one women's soccer, and I think tennis. Tennis, think yeah, men's like, tennis. Yeah, something. Yeah, so in, in a year we've already we've won five conference titles. That's big. Um, just kind of shows you again, like what we was talking about last last week with CG, that the balls are still like on the up and up. We might not be coming back, Drew, because we are back. So time to get rid of that BBS. Time to get some real hope and uh, keep moving on. I had to get my shots in. Come on, I had to. I had to. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. After I think after the whole like the whole weekend of games, my favorite one was also the Kentucky game, just because it was so close and. I guess I was most concerned about them giving us losing, you know, not even that long ago, twice. Um, but they literally, I mean, they put out seven pitchers, and it it did not matter whatsoever. We just absolutely killed them. And then our pitchers also threw for 17 strikeouts, which is pretty badass. Um, I was kind of worried in the championship against Florida. I'm not really sure why, but it was just a little closer than I liked. But overall, just like you guys said, a badass weekend. Um, they just did really well. I don't, I can't really say much else. It's just impressive um, how far they've come and how good they look right now. Mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, Honestly, I was kind of nervous too, but uh, that Kentucky game, I could, I hate that little thing they do when they were on their like, uh, on their dugout and they do like that little waving hand thing. That absolutely pissed me off. But uh, to, to get that revenge win on Kentucky, that felt really good. And then to go and finish the job against Florida, um, it did kind of get scary with Ben Joyce on the mound there. Uh, I feel like he still has to develop a second and third pitch to be like fully successful at this level. But you know, when he's throwing heat out there, he can get the job done for us, and that's kind of what we need. I did like the combo of um, Beam and Burns, like Burns coming in and relieving on that game. Burns did absolutely incredible to shut that game up when Beam did start getting kind of hit on. That was really nice to see. And then Blade and Dolander being fired up at 2 a.m. against LSU. That game, we have to give him his credit because Chase Dolander has proven time and time again that he might be the best pitcher in the nation. So really, uh, really happy with our pitching. The bats came alive in the end. And uh, overall, I think we're really set to go into the regionals and there's no reason why I think we shouldn't win our region, just to be completely honest. So, <laughs> are you chiming in? Oh, you, one of the two of us. I was just watching because I think my Twitter like said the broad the broadcast wasn't available anymore, so I didn't know if that was just my phone or not um yes. mine's, mine's been saying the same thing i keep i keep closing out of it and then just reopening it and it kind of it fixes itself but it, it still says that there's live listeners yeah so it's still I, live. I, yeah i mean Rondon just says it shows up for him so if it shows up for him then we're good so ron cat ron cat ron cat oh my god <laughs> Rondon. 
Ron Big Bang, that's who he is. Ron's right. I mean, our <laughs> are you guys like not nervous at all about facing Campbell this weekend? Like maybe. Can we dive into that? Because, okay, so I mean, everyone obviously saw the tweet that Campbell put out saying uh, the only orange you need to be worried about, only shade of orange you need to be worried about, whatever, with the whole Campbell thing. But I thought it was really ridiculous and premature of them when they have to go and play probably the second-best team in this region in Georgia Tech who hits absolute bombs. Um, looking at Campbell, you know, being 58th in the RPI, they have two wins against West Virginia and Duke as their best wins, but they're 0 for 6 against teams in the top 25. I just think that they might have, you know, been too quick to early to the gun, and we probably won't even see them. But I really do want them to play and beat Georgia Tech because not only would that help us, but it would just be great to prove a point to go, go into the Super Regions. But, I mean, I'm not worried about them at all. I think the team you have to be worried about is obviously Georgia Tech. Like I said, they have guys like their catcher, who's an absolute unit that's been hitting really well. So, and all in all there. But our pitching, I think I'm pretty confident in that. Um all in all, I just look at these teams and what we've done all year. I know it's historic, but just like with the RPI, and I know RPI doesn't really matter, but when these teams are playing against competition, it's teams that have kind of just won the regional. And then there's Georgia Tech, who they kind of, you know, beat 2-1 uh, to one in the series against a really good Virginia Tech team. So just have to see what we have, but I really feel confident. Um, so here's my thing is, is I, I will say I do kind of, I feel for you, Drew, with the uh, battered ball syndrome right here, because in, <laughs> just no, just hear me out. Just hear me out. In in our lifetime, where or when have we ever been overwhelming favorites to win something? Honestly. I mean, women's basketball, probably. So true, true. Okay, women's women's basketball. But again, we were led by Pat Summit, who's been there, done that multiple times. Obviously, she pulled eight natties was at one point she was the first coach ever to a thousand wins um she was the highest winning coach for a while until she had to uh, retire prematurely but so aside from that where like it was like if the lady balls are playing they're winning that's where we are now and so part of me is like yeah we're the favorites but like what's gonna happen you know what i'm saying like we you still have to show up you still have to play the game but <clears throat> Like I mean, like Brando said, like I have I have full confidence in these boys. They've given us nothing but confidence all year. I mean, you lose you lose single digit games in a sixty game season. That is absolutely incredible. Like that that is I mean not unheard of, but it doesn't happen often. Um, and like Brando said, when these other teams show up against other teams that are higher up in the RPIs, they tend to fold a little bit. Um, granted, as of late, they're obviously all hot. Um, Georgia Tech is seven and three in their last ten. Campbell is also seven and three, and Alabama State is nine and one in their last ten. So the wins are coming, but the Vols are also thirty four and three at home and nine and one in their last ten. With the uh, the one loss I think was to Georgia um, in that in that last ten. But I mean, again, going back to what Brando said is like if I'm if I'm these other three teams, I'm just going to blow smoke all day and, and talk about how great Tennessee is. How, how good they are, how good they've been all season. The last thing I'm going to do is try to piss them off. And I think that's what Campbell did by stoking the fire with, uh, oh, this is the only orange that counts. Like, don't don't piss off the number one team in the country. That That's the last thing you need to do. So if they play pissed off, they come ready to play, I, I don't want to see us. I'm sorry. I just don't. <laughs> 
I mean, I think it was expected that they were going to have that. I mean, their colors are orange and black. Like, I was, I'm sure I was expecting them to, like, throw some stupid, corny-ass orange joke in there. But, they're, I mean, they're a good team, dude. Like, Zach Nito, their shortstop, is, like, freaking insane. 15 home runs, 49 RBIs, 398 batting average. He was the Big South Player of the Year this year and last year. I mean, he kind of, like, the, as far as energy goes, he really gives me, like, vibes that Drew Gilbert has. Like, he's, like, their Drew Gilbert. And they have, a, like, a pretty good starting rotation, too, especially with Thomas Harrington, who's thrown 109 strikeouts since 11-2 this year. So they got a better pitching rotation than Georgia Tech does, and that's what killed Georgia Tech this year is that their bullpen is just hot garbage. I mean, it's just terrible. Now, it helps that they have the best catcher in college baseball and who's likely to be a top-five overall pick in the MLB draft. But when you don't have any pitching, that's what you need more than anything else, especially in the NCAA tournament. So, like – I, I mean, I really think we'll wind up playing Campbell. I think we'll beat Georgia Tech. I just think Georgia Tech just doesn't have the pitching power to, you know, maintain what the level of Campbell has. And I agree that, like, you know, that we should win this, like, regional with ease. But at the same time, we're public enemy number one now, right? So every team that we face is going to give their absolute all, and they're going to play as aggressive as possible to maintain with us. And my biggest fear is that we're going to go in a situation kind of like how Arkansas was last year, where they were dominant the entire year, and then they slip up when it's the worst time to slip up and then get knocked out before the World Series. So that's just what I'm nervous of. Maybe, you know, call call BVS. I don't – you know what? I don't care. It's just – it's being realistic, okay? So this is a good team. We should win, but it's the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's the most unpredictable thing out there. No. So my biggest thing is I get where y'all are jumping to Campbell real quick, but I, I mean, I like to take one game at a time. They have to win five to even get past this. So I was looking, I was just focusing more at our first opponent with Alabama state and they're 34 and 23. But when you look back at their opponents, they really didn't play anyone notable. The only one that I saw was fairly reasonably close was Auburn at Auburn and they lost that game six to five. Um, so I think like we definitely crushed the opener, but I'm not one who likes to think too far into the rest of the weekend, just because it is so hard when you get to this stage. I mean, do I think that we are like the number one team in the country? Yeah. But at the same time, you can make like one or two errors and it can cost you the game. And if our bats aren't hot, then even if our pitching's good, but our bats are not hot, then all it takes is just a couple hits on the other side, and that's it. So, I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't even care that Campbell said that. I think it probably just lit a fire under our ass, and we're like, okay, well, we'll see you when we see you. But whatever, they're not us. That's what I have to say. I mean, I think y'all are completely right. It's been obvious that Tennessee has some struggles this year running the bases. Uh, infield plays or having infield errors of overthrowing Luke at first or just having, you know, bad at bats, like when Drew Gilbert hit himself in the foot there in the SEC championship, kind of swinging at things. I think that's definitely something they'll try to clean up here in the coming days leading up to Alabama State. Um, if y'all saw the SEC insider thing in the video floating around, Evan Russell, after they won the title, was like saying, you know, the job's not finished, job's not done. And all these guys that came back from last year to this year's team and getting the SEC title, and the regular season title. I know that they want to go out there and win the whole thing. So if these guys can get locked in, fix the little errors, um, you know, be the best they can be, everyone's going to want to, you know, try to get at them. Like Drew said, everyone's going to try to get a win on them. But I think this team's just so close and dominant that 
uh, until like the next regionals or super regionals. I think we should be able to hold our own at home. Uh, haven't been beat that much at home. Last game, Alex said, was at Georgia in that last game of the series. So really expect the guys to go out there, use the uh, home field advantage to our advantage and get the job done. I did want to say real quick um, that I did secure tickets for this weekend, but I'm not going to go to that first game. That's not the ball slot. So if anyone at all is listening and knows someone that just wants to show up early or check that game out, I will literally either give them away or ask like $10 for them. Cause I'm just not going to go to that first game. So if anyone hears this and is interested, just hit up the page because I'm going to tan before I go watch the ball. Is that first game Campbell and Georgia tech? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was actually, I was actually going to just go ahead and lead into kind of our weekend preview. If y'all was good with that, since that was kind of a good segue. Um, yeah. So, so how the weekend's going to play out is game one, Georgia Tech, who is 34 and 22, 11 and 11 away, one and two in neutral. And like I said earlier, seven and three in their last 10. Uh, they will play Campbell. Campbell is 40 and 17, 17 and six away, six and two neutral, seven and three in their last 10. So that game will be on at noon on Friday. Um, I think on ESPN three, if anybody cares, I know that they don't. Game two. Tennessee versus Alabama State, Tennessee being 53 and 7, 34 and 3 at home, 9 and 1 in their last 10. Alabama State, 34 23, 8 and 16 away, 5 and 1 neutral, uh, 9 and 1 in their last 10. That'll be at 6 p.m. on Friday on SEC Network for those interested. Um, going to Saturday, game three will be our losers game. So loser game one versus loser game two will be at noon on Saturday. Game four is our winners game. Uh, winners game one, game two will play at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Um, those stations haven't been decided yet. Uh, going to Sunday, game five is winner of game three and loser of game four at 2 p.m. Eastern. Game six is winner of game four and winner of game five on seven or at seven, sorry, 7 p.m. on Sunday. So that could be the championship game, depending on how things play out. If not, we go to game seven which will be just a rematch of game six. And that will be at 1 PM on Monday. Um, so that's kind of how this weekend is laid out. Um, if we want to go game by game, or if we just kind of want to take uh, our games, our projected games, we can do whatever, but I just wanted to open that up to y'all and, and also give our listeners kind of a quick little schedule preview. Uh, I'll go ahead and say that I don't think it should go to Monday. I think that the guys should probably be able to get it done Sunday, just win three in a row. That's just my full confidence of it. I think you open up against South mm-hmm. Alabama on Friday, get a dub there. Um, I personally have Georgia Tech out there playing uh, instead of Campbell. I know a lot of y'all think that Campbell's going to beat Georgia Tech, but I think Georgia Tech's hitting is just too good. I think we meet Georgia Tech, get the job done there. And then after there, that's where my mind gets completely confused of how it works of who we can play going forward. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, if, it's, um, if it's Campbell or if it's Georgia Tech, whoever wins out of that loser's bracket, I still just think that the, they get the win on the first one. They should be fine. As long as we, like, don't lose one going into, like, Sunday, I don't think we lose twice at all. There's just no way. Yeah, I mean, I think we win Friday with the easy against Alabama State, and there's nothing nothing against Alabama State by stretch of the imagination, but they're just not a good baseball team. Um, and I think Saturday, I think we'll wind up facing Campbell, you know, the fighting Campbells of Campbell County over there, and we'll follow it, but – we should. It'll be. I mean, 
You know, like if there's any listeners in Campbell County, I'm sorry, but that place blows. Like I just I have to say it. But I, I work there every day, so I would know. But anyway, I think they'll beat Georgia Tech just because I have zero confidence in Georgia Tech's bullpen. Um and I just think Zach Nito pitching, I just have I just think that they're gonna be able just to, you know, out outscore basically Georgia Tech. But I got us playing them on Saturday. We win that game of these. Whoever we play after that, I don't think it really matters. I think we're advancing the Super Regional anyway. Thanks. I feel yeah. that. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I'll get it at the end. I'll get it at the end. Okay. Well, I just – I mean, I really don't have anything new to offer. I definitely think we beat Alabama State. I'm going to say that we end up playing Campbell um, second game, but I think we literally just win three and – don't have to worry about anything. I think we'll be at Super Regionals. But I will say, I mean, there's always room for error. Like, you can't get too overconfident. But I just don't see them doing that at this early stage. So, I'm just going to go with balls win it all, and we host next weekend. Yeah, I, I saw a, uh, a graphic today that gave us a 57% chance to win. And actually, the closest the closest team after that was Campbell at twenty five percent. So I'm going to say that Campbell does beat Georgia Tech because uh, Georgia Tech also gives up, um, or they haven't they have an ERA of six what? and a half, where Campbell has one of four and a half. So I mean, it's it's fine if Georgia Tech can put up runs, but they also given up exactly as many as they putting up. You know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't know if like if if Georgia Tech can get stops, then they'll be fine. But Campbell's got bats too, and they're they're definitely going to put some runs up. Um, so I'm I'm taking Campbell in that game one. Tennessee cruises against Alabama State. Tennessee cruises against Campbell, and then whoever shows up in that game six, I think we also take care of. Um, we got to remember that we have the nation's highest, or I guess lowest, nation leading ERA at two point three. And Campbell is the closest one to us in this region at uh, four and a half. So, so I mean, like uh, Drew was saying in our chat, like this, uh, this, this weekend is going to be nothing but like explosive, except for hopefully, except for the team that shows up against us, because we're gonna we're gonna like use our two and two point three ERA on them. But um, yeah. no, I think I think especially with the way. We kind of got cold in the in the middle of the season. I feel like we hit a little bit of a lull for a second, but putting up twenty seven against Mississippi State, eighteen on Belmont, and then like you said, Brando, we we averaged ten runs um, the SEC tournament. I don't think we could have had a better time to run into an ERA friendly uh, regional like this um, to get our bats going, get them confident, and then head into the super region, and then hopefully onto the College World Series. But yeah, I. I also want to say that we just end it game six and we move on unscathed, but that's, that's just, that's me. Yeah. Uh, one thing we forgot to note also is like in the sec tournament, the Vols didn't trail a single run the whole entire tournament. That was pretty impressive in its own, but I just feel like uh, drew, you talked about that one pitcher for Campbell. I forgot his name, something Thompson. Uh, I Thomas think- Harrington. <laughs> Thomas Harrington. Yeah. So, Close uh- <laughs> Close <enough. laughs> Close. <laughs> so uh, I, I just think that um, after that, you talked about them having an impressive pitching room. I have to disagree. I think that's kind of their only guy there. Um, they'll throw him out there against Georgia Tech. And if they beat Georgia Tech, that'll be the reason why, in my opinion. 
But I think the only negative, the only way it gets bad for the Vols is if the pitching does get hit on kind of early and you'd have to get deep in your rotation into the final part of the regionals. Um, I feel like we should be okay, though. We saw Cam, uh, Camden Sewell come out there against Florida, be a Gator killer, go out there and get the job done. So if we do have to go deep, I still think uh, our guys have played better competition and can get the job done. I just don't see the hype around Campbell. I don't think they're that impressive of a team. And I just see it being a Vols, Georgia Tech kind of regional and then kind of looking ahead to who we have to play over there in the Georgia Southern Regional. So other than that, I just have full confidence. Fair enough, I guess. But I will say this as a hot take, right? Hot take right here. We will face Georgia Southern in the Super Regional. Oh, yeah. I think Georgia Southern gets out of that that group against Notre Dame and Texas Tech. Yeah, and I don't want to play. I mean, we played Georgia Southern to kick the, uh, the season off. And we swept them, I believe, too. But, um, you know, to go out there, we stole Chase Dolander from them, so they already hate us to begin with. And then you have to also worry about possibly playing, like, UNC uh, Greensboro, like you said, Texas Tech and Notre Dame. I don't want to play those three other teams. I kind of want to play a team we know we've already can beat, a team we have a lot of info on and kind of regularly schedule with. I feel like that would be the best situation for us. And I kind of also think they're the best team in that regional. But if we can go out there and get the job done and sweep them twice, that would be – a great path to Omaha, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah, to to that point, Brando. Um, I just I pulled up the the schedule just for reference. Um, Georgia Southern, we beat them 9-0, 10-3, and 14-0. Granted, that was February 18, 19, and 20. Um, mm-hmm. so that that is probably a very different team than we saw then. But like you said. You got You can only feel confident going into a game or a series like that, a super region like that, because we outscored them. What? What is that? 19, 33, 33 to three. There you go. You almost got, got it. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine with me. If, if they a want doctor, to not a mathematician, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've always got numbers. But anyways, yeah, I would. I would rather show up against that team because we we know what we can do against them. And um, but yeah, Notre Dame's a really hot team right now. I don't want to play them at all. Well, see, that's what I was gonna ask. Um, I was gonna ask about the other side because I kind of like low. I was kind of staying in our side, making sure that we dealt with our own business first. Um, but you said it was Notre Dame, Texas Tech, Georgia Southern, and UNCG. Yeah, UNCG mm-hmm. Greensboro. And then who's is Notre Dame hosting or Tech? No, it's uh, it's actually Southern. Georgia Southern. Oh, so we 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 went out there and swept the team thirty three to three that ended up hosting a regional. Is what we're saying, yes. Not bad. Yeah, Not bad. Is it Florida hosting one too? That's ridiculous. The, yeah, the boys, good. I don't know how in the hell Florida's hosting one when, like, a month and a half ago they were considered not even to make yeah. the tournament. So Mid. they, you know, like I do have to say though, the NCAA like really screwed this up in the sense that they allowed Florida to host a regional, and then NC State, who made all the way to the ACC title game, gets mm-hmm. freaking you know screwed over again. I mean, <laughs> they you know, didn't I don't even make it. You know, like, I don't even feel – I don't feel sorry for a lot of school, but I feel sorry in their case because, man, they have had some awful luck in the sense that their bowl game got canceled because of COVID, supposedly. Or I think it was like UCLA didn't want to show up, so they just canceled it. They had the – they were in the College World Series and should have been in the national championship last year. And because of COVID, they weren't allowed to play, and they were forced to be, you know, eliminated. I mean, if I was them, I would be up there in Indianapolis with my pitchforks mm-hmm. embracing immortal hell. I mean, I really would be. So, 
<laughs> I'll take a mopage for it. Do not advocate for in person ordeals on this show. It I just would pray. be a peaceful protest, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not. I'm not advocating for violence, but like pitchforks, like you're, you know, like you can be angry at a pitchfork. You don't. You're not going to attack someone with it. I was going to say. I did not know. I that advise highly advise against attacking okay. anyone with pitchforks. So. I didn't know pitchforks were considered peaceful, but you learn something new every day. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of peaceful tactics. You know, I've learned that over the years. So. <laughs> Brando, what you got to say? You've been trying to say something. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. To swerve back, re- <laughs> yeah. back to our part of the regional part, I was going to talk about um, Tennessee's also, you know, with the airs, we've kind of been getting an unfair strike zone, I thought, a lot in the SEC tournament. The, the behind-the-plate umpiring was kind of, like, weird and inconsistent. It kind of has been an SEC play. Um, I'm not sure how it works conference-wise or who gets assigned going into regionals with it being a mix of teams. But, you know, that place, Lindsey Nelson is going to be absolutely rocking. It's like $300 to get a seat right now online. Um, people are going to be crazy. The legends of Lindsey Nelson will probably pop out. There will be no empty seats. It's been a year today since Drew Gilbert hit the Grand Slam against Wright State. Um, a lot of people are going to be coming into Knoxville with that same thought in their mind. And I just pray that we don't see something, like, stupid, like a, some umpiring behind the plate that tries to, like, screw it over. Just because Drew talking about pitchforks and being peaceful – it won't be peaceful in Knoxville. Like, let's remember what happened six months ago in, in Knoxville against <laughs> Ole Miss and everything else in Purdue and Nashville. Let's just, you know. So what if I told you that Jeff Matsius would be the home umpire for game oh, one? That's wow. where I was going to take this, but I, I <laughs> from it, but Drew, Drew took it there anyway. Hey, I mean, we get assigned, if we get assigned Jeff Matsius in regionals, you know we're fucked. Like, we're just pitchforks. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I, I was gonna say there was there was one part of uh of our show a while hey, back. Everyone loved We love Peter. Muster in your golf ball. But I was gonna say there there was a time where we were complaining about uh about umpiring not long ago, and I couldn't remember that dude's name, but again is that motherfucker. Let me go ahead and step out and say please do not follow this man to the airport unless you have a flight that is just so happened to be at the same time. <laughs> Please do not see, get physical with him. <laughs> see, that's, but that's the thing, though. It's like, you, like y'all go at me saying like, "Oh, we cannot condone, you know, bringing pitchforks in Annapolis." It's like, fuck that. Like, we've already had our own fans like verbally abusing an umpire on a flight. Like, yeah, we're not so much we're, better than that. We really aren't. The Auburn team bus got sorry. rammed into on the side of the road after game one. Like, yeah, that, and I witnessed it. I literally witnessed them get ran into. Yeah. I was like, "What the hell was that?" I did. I was like, "Was this on purpose or what, dude?" I had no idea. Horrendous. It's just... But but see, the 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 history is there, Drew. So that's why I feel like we feel inclined to say something <laughs> because we're trying to stop it from. Happening. We know better. We know better. We know that like if if we lost in the super regional or the college world series because of a bad call at the plate. We know that oh, yeah. there would be mattresses burned on Cumberland Avenue, just like good old 2009 when Kiffin left for USC. There would be pitchforks in Indianapolis. Why does that probably matter? burn Omaha down to the ground. Like, so I'm, it's not being unrealistic. It's just facts. No, it's, it's it is being realistic. It's absolutely being realistic. <laughs> so because like Kiffin. I mean, so like that's why like you shouldn't be like, all right, Drew, come on, we cannot be saying that. Like, because we know damn well that's what's going to happen. So like, why? <laughs> 
I mean, the fire's already burning. So, like, telling me to stop is not going to stop it at all. So, no, that's like throwing gasoline on it. That's what that's doing. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's Benjamin coming in saying, both of you to assume that we want better than any of that. Then it's a true for life. Know, come on, Benjamin. Dog. Like, all right, like, come on. Like, let's, let's be real. We were one of the 102,000 there on that October night throwing golf balls and mustard bottles. Like, I you was know, there. Hashtag I, I was there. I, I will not be ashamed of my actions. You know, maybe maybe my family members will be, but I will not. Okay? <laughs> so I was giving my all that day. So we'll be doing the same thing I'm if we get saying, screwed over. I walked in with a pom-pom stick on my seat, and I walked out without a pom-pom stick. So, um, <laughs> but. Because it was, it was a projectile. <laughs> I started like Joe Milton out there. I was fucking. <laughs> but I did get thrown, <laughs> literally. So oh, that was cool. quite a time. Um, I, I'm so sad I missed that game. That that is probably one of the biggest regrets of last season is that I didn't get to go to that game. I was I was ready for it, but then school started like the next week or the that following Monday, and I don't know. It just it would not have been good for my health if I had to witness that and then just come back down here and go to school. But it was the best forty dollars I've ever spent easily. <laughs> honestly. Like even we lost that game, that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever attended in my life. And I've been to Oktoberfest five times. So <laughs> I was just so concerned that we weren't even gonna get to end it because I'd never seen anything like it and it just would never stop. And I was like, What am I seriously watching right now? <laughs> Like, honestly, like, and then our fans were getting in fights with each other for some reason God, it was awesome. in my section. It was I was like, bro, was so what great. are you arguing about? Like, it just got so out of hand. First push light. <laughs> Actually, no. So today, Peter, my beverage of the day is freedom. So a little Budweiser. I didn't realize oh, that during Budweiser. the summertime that they made these, like, patriotic cans. Uh, and American. this is, like, the most badass thing I've ever seen in my life. So... Drinking good old Freeman. Hold on, let me get Freedom it. Today. Put it back up there. So. Put it back up. Beautiful. There Freedom. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, blue, baby. Freedom beer. Freedom beer. Ronnie, make the damn call. Let it ring. Let it <laughs> ring. <laughs> oh, man. Right, I guess we've kind of covered everything in baseball. Do y'all want to recap the uh, Memorial Day football weekend? Hey, I was going right, to say, that's, so. that's all you, Brando Nugs. Let's hear it. Oh, yeah. Bro, it was so crazy because, um, like, the reports are coming out that, like, pretty much, like, you could look at every single name on the list. Tennessee's probably in a better spot with everyone on that list than they were beforehand. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be able to mention literally every single guy, but the buzz coming out of the weekend was really positive. Last night, you had Shadavian Bradley and John Slaughter both being crystal ball by a director of recruiting 24-7 sports, Steve Wolfong. That's a five-star edge rusher over there to go with Caleb Herring if the balls can pull it off would be absolutely ridiculous. And he only came for an unofficial. So to only get your, you know, your first visit to Tennessee period, all your friends are there and it's kind of everything you see as being, and to get that kind of positive buzz from a guy as big as Wolf Fong was really great to see. And then you had Chad Simmons, the on three director of recruiting over there on their on three site. He put in a prediction for uh, Francis Mago, the five-star offensive tackle that's best friends with QB five-star recruit, Nico, who Lorraine over there has been recruiting really hard for us. Um, but other than that, to get two predictions for two five-stars, Tennessee already having a five-star quarterback, I think it's safe to say that you can kind of put that over-under over there, kind of over four at this point. 
um, for last year to not even land, you know, only maybe one, if you count James Pierce on three, really no five stars. And you're kind of looking at four to five already for this class, just getting started. That's a huge jump in year two for Josh Heupel. And then locking it down on the defensive side of the ball. We all know we need help over there. Tennessee's been getting involved with the 2023 guys and uh, also with some Juco guys, John Slaughter and Christian Conyer, guys they're making really good strides with. Then on the defensive line, Rodney Garner having like really incredible work. Two top 10 defensive linemen, Tamarian Parker and Hunter Osborne on that side. The Vols are trending for Alabama natives. So to go into Alabama and take two top 10 defensive linemen from guys like Nick Saban in this day and age, you know, he's been crying about it for weeks. And to, you know, be the team to go in there and do it. It's not just Texas A and then Tennessee's benefiting off it too. I just think it was a really, really crazy, crazy weekend. And a top five weekend has to be in sight now for Tennessee. Just to get like a top five recruiting class would be absolutely crazy. Speaking of uh crazy weekends, um low low ran into somebody this weekend. That I did. So I was out here in Roan County of all places, which is where I currently reside. And there's this pretty badass two-tiered boat over there that someone had rented. And I'd been checking Twitter briefly and there was some live feeds on there. And so I was like, holy hell, like there's no way that would be Nico. And someone comes sprinting over. There's this big crowd of people. Someone comes sprinting over. They're like, oh, my God, guess what? Nico's here. And I was like, no way. So I didn't really believe it. So I just casually walked down. Sure enough, there they were. They were having an awesome time. I'm not sure who all else was there. Um, There's like six of them. But, of course, naturally, I had to get my picture and slot, drop in the Vols ATB pod. So, Nico, if you ever watch this or hear it, please come on. We would absolutely love to have you. <laughs> it's cool to see that he's finally one of us getting a Roan County rage in Roan County. It's awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, this is the spot out here for the lake days. I'm telling you. I was, was going to say, do you think that's where they took him on his visit? And he was like, yeah, this is why I want to come here. That yeah, Roan County Wants Bar. They, that's they what I was like, and he's like, you know what? That's it. I I've already <laughs> made my mind up. I am come to Tennessee because I have made it to Brome County. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's exactly how it turned out. That's, that's how it turned out. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't Josh Heifel or Hunter Bedore over there at his doorstep? It was, it was Roan County. They might have been a little bit concerned if they had him or not. That's why they brought him out here on Monday just to really seal the deal, make sure that he understood <laughs> how nice. I mean, County you know. Was. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily the fact that he could be our first five-star quarterback in 20 years or the fact that, you know, Heupel's, you know, G-Wagon, you know, take photos of it. It was it was Roan County, Tennessee. I mean, that was what sealed the deal for him. Absolutely. I, look, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, it's a beautiful place, right? I look forward to hearing him say that when he officially signs. Man, that was what sealed the deal. No, yeah, that's crazy because what that tweet had 137k impressions to end off with, like absolutely ridiculous. I think every single member of all Twitter probably saw that, and the replies they kind of lived up to the expectations. People just being crazy, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But uh, you know, some of the guys at UT they better watch their job. Lowe's out here recruiting harder than them. It's crazy <laughs> to see. But I think all in all, it had to be like a really crazy weekend. You had Francis stay there for three days. 
And usually, like, with the trend so far going on, with staying for three days, Nico stayed for an extra visit. You have Carnell Tate, who's, you know, about to pop soon, that Tennessee looks to try to land there, five-star wide receiver. Uh, Francis staying for an extra visit, getting the field, kind of, you know, filling out the coaches. I feel like that's really important for these kids a lot, too. And, you know, to be in the driver's seat to land, like, five or six five-stars on both sides of the ball, uh, Rodney Garner doing work, the offensive line looking really, really crazy. Uh, usually you would think, like, skill guys, like wide receivers or – you know, running backs would be the least of our worries, but it looks like the rest of the class is feeling out really nice. And it's kind of like, okay, now we need receivers. Now we need a running back to like, cause like, what are we doing? Like, it's like LRB and Garner are recruiting harder than Golish and everybody else. But I think it's about to start filling in really, really nice. And to, you know, to have that kind of traction off a weekend, you know, you made so many moves with like 30 plus guys. That's as best as it can be. So. It's impressive, like how like well Gardner's done on the recruiting pitch. You know, I mean, I you know, I'd argue that he's been doing better than even you know when Brian Niedermeyer was here. Yeah, I'd like to so. hate this guy. <laughs> hey, he was paying players. He was paying players. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. Just just a number three from McDonald's. That's all it was. But, but no, seriously, though, he's done an amazing job though at like UT in such a short mm-hmm. span of time and. I think the one thing that's kind of like that's different, though, honestly, about all the other coaches that we've had is that when you hear these recruits talk about Heibel, they talk about like how genuine and like honest and like how real he is. And when's the last time that we've had that? I mean, you know, we had Dooley who, you know, was comparing us to Nazi Germany, you know, and we had Butch Jones, who was a used car salesman. And then we had Pruitt in his sixth grade education. I mean, so it's just to, finally get things back on track it's just it's great and somebody somebody uh tweeted a picture of hype today and they was like man this dude just cool as hell and he was he was sitting there like i think it was posted up with nico and uh francis and uh, somebody else but yeah 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 yeah. i remember i remember seeing pictures of butch like hanging out with recruits and stuff and you could just tell that that man was just trying way too hard like he was absolutely trying to just do the most to like look cool, like like you said, Drew, just to be a used car salesman. Looked like he was like everything, like he was about everything that he was saying, but he probably didn't mean it because he didn't know what he was even saying. And then we had Pruitt, who looked about as awkward as could be when he was posing for pictures, when he was doing anything media related. And again, we, I mean, we we all, I'm I'm sorry, I won't say we all. I know that myself, like I got played like a fiddle. Like I was like, yeah, this man is like no nonsense. He don't care about the media. He's just, he's a football mind, blah, blah, blah. Man, that narrative, football is, coach. that narrative is beat like a dead drum. We got to get that out of here. But like, yeah. why, why can't we have a coach that does both? Like high, like he, he like, he's genuinely cool. Like I, like, like you said, I, the people hang out with him and they're like, man, like this dude, like this dude's cool. Like, I just want to hang out with him. I want to see like what he's got to say or like, what he's going to do, this, that, and the other. But, and then not only that, but he knows the game. Like, obviously, we, we saw what he did in one season when he kind of had just a couple weeks, maybe a little bit over a month to put some stuff together. But I don't know. It's every time we come on here and we talk about recruits for football and stuff, I just get so excited because we always have so much to say. Well, Brando has so much to say. And it's, it is like, right. of, <laughs> it's because of high and the coaching tree that he has. Like Drew said, he hit on Garner. Um, I feel like that man can recruit. Like his name alone recruits for itself because the way that he mm-hmm. comes out NFL draft picks. But I, I don't know. Like it, it's truly just fun to watch everything unfold right now. 
it's it's great to just hear all the good news that comes out and um, hear how everything's going. People visit and they're like, man, I really could see myself here. And that's that's like everybody that shows up on a visit. So, I mean, as, as a school, you really can't hope for much else other than that. So it's just it's different man like you know you got butch who was having his polo with third buttons up like a total tuber <laughs> like as if he was in third grade and then you have you had jeremy pruitt where he kind of looked like you know one of the characters in coneheads Dan Aykroyd was in. i mean like you know it's just he just i don't know hypo just seems real dude like hypo is just he's he a like, big fan of hypo no absolutely yeah. i am for sure like Hey now, yeah, don't cut me off. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just get excited. I get excited. Um, I just, I think this whole staff has so much chemistry in the first, I mean, this is literally going into year two. I think that that's a big reason for why they do so well. Also, it's not just because they're an obvious upgrade with personality and intelligence. Because yeah. we didn't have those combined in the past. I don't even know how long, um, but they just get it. They get it. It's they are not like too old school to the point where we're not active in NIL, but they are. So they also are out here making false promises, you know, which is the other flip of the switch that coaches do a lot. So I just feel like they're super real down to earth, but I also think their chemistry all together is more like, what I would consider like a group of bros, like all just Ivan yeah. instead of just like, I don't know. It just seems like they love their jobs, which is awesome. Cause when you love your job, you tend to want to stay and do the best job you can. So I don't know. I just, I think it's awesome. I think this weekend was great. Like it just shows how far we really are coming in such a short amount of time. I can't wait. I'm ecstatic. No, I mean, it, it really is surreal. Like the the amount, I, we say this every week, honestly, but I, I feel like the point still remains that the positivity around us right now is just unbelievable. Like like it, it truly is. Like there, there, there hasn't been a time where, at least in our history, that everything has just been like going relatively well for us. <laughs> like there's always been a point where it's like, hold on. Y- y'all were doing too well. Let's 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 humble yourselves. Let's uh let's drop let's drop the news that your coach was cheating and going three and seven, or let's let's drop the news that your coach had a allegedly. Barbecue. We got yeah, two of these guys on BBD now, Lou. I don't know what we're gonna do here. This is just awful. <laughs> I mean, you, you talk about you're talking Why about positive talking vibes about and Jeremy Pruitt. How are, if we're talking about positive vibes and happiness, are we gonna talk about this after the Florida week? I'm just just saying. Yes, we are, Drew, because that is positive. <laughs> it's going to be positive when we win by at least two touchdowns. You you heard it here first. Okay. I'm about to give CG a nice little DM. Have him like, just- did we not see the tweet earlier that we put in the group chat, Drew? Like, we, we thought this was not a problem anymore. We, we need <laughs> Dude, Now there's two of us. Now there's two of us. Yes. And and tables just turned. Instead of our intro, I just want that video. He sent about Drew just playing. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. We're going to fucking win, Drew. So, like, why wouldn't we? Well, did you not see that poll where they have Anthony Richardson as a top five quarterback? I'm just, just saying. And they had Will, Will Levis, Levis at number Levi's, one. And Will Levi's jeans was at four, Drew. Okay. You know that's fake at that point. He's a decent quarterback. I will give him credit where it's due. Like, he's the okay. best quarterback they've had since Tim Couch. I mean, like. If you decent, you're not number four in the country. 
I mean, did you see who's ahead of him? I mean, you got Caleb Williams and Bryce Young. I mean, of course, and C.J. Shroud. They're all first-round draft picks, so it makes sense. I'm just saying, like, this year's going to be a fun year. We're going to have a lot of highs. We're going to have some lows, all right? I'm just – no pun intended, of course. But – right there but (laughs) we have to be realistic here okay and we have to accept the fact that this is a possibility that we may lose that game i love i mean that's a possibility coming out with the shot chris you'll be spitting facts though really that seems hard to believe more than like either of the vanderbilt quarterbacks (laughs) yeah that's probably ridiculous i mean they probably don't let them throw yeah, the I was going to say, they had Mikey Wright out there fucking running read option all year. And you're one of Clark Lee. Did y'all hear Clark Lee today on SEC Insider? This man said that the goal at Vanderbilt is to not win. Like, it's not to win. I just thought that was absolutely crazy. Because we're over here talking about, you know, trying to get a top five class and get back to relevance and doing whatever we can to do. And there's guys over there saying, like, little bro Vanderbilt, oh, the goal here isn't to win. But uh, I just thought it was really, really a good, good weekend. I think there's like five or six names, maybe seven that could pop coming out of this weekend. Uh, most in the defensive side of the ball, like Christian Conyers, John Slaughter. Uh, still hard to read a guy like Bryson Sanders over there and from Chattanooga. But I think the sleeper of this weekend probably had to be Will Whitson, three-star defensive lineman from Ajuco, originally 2022, turned 2023. Rodney Garner, he like absolutely favors this guy. And I think even though you'll see a lot of like dips down at three-star guys, like to see the staff doing these evaluations on guys and getting the players they want is really, really great to see. Uh, kind of a sleeper independence, 26 tackles, six sacks in three games. Uh, had academic issues, but trying to get back. And if we can land him, Garner feels absolutely super high on him to get to the next level. So that was a name I wanted to drop there. But, I mean, we just have to be positive. The things we're doing, absolutely crazy. I think we say like every week. It's ridiculous what we're what we're doing, and then we still have Drew and now Alex over here pivoting back. Oh, for love of God! It's it's ridiculous at this Lord. point. I have to say, it's. it's I will I will at least say this though. At least we don't have that nerd Eli Drinkwitz as our head coach. who's saying that I don't like coaching in the SEC. It's difficult. It's hard for me mentally. He literally <laughs> said that today, guys. Like, only like what loser says that? I mean, I know I would know what loser like Jeremy Pruitt and Derek, yeah, Hill, of course. Um, but fact checking Drew. Will Levis threw 13 picks. Three of those came against UT Chattanooga, where they almost lost that game, but their defense won it for him. Like, you know, what are we doing? I'm not saying that, like, Kentucky is a better pro- – like, oh, for the love of God, you guys are taking this way completely out of context. <laughs> he's a good quarterback. I mean, he's not – like, he, like you're in denial, like, if you're saying that he's not. Like, he is definitely the style of an NFL quarterback. There's no arguing that. I'm not saying that he's better than Hendon Hooker, because I don't think he is, but – that is just to say, like, he's still a good quarterback that we will face this year, and so is Anthony Richardson. And if you guys are just not willing to accept that, then, you know, you can go on your rainbow land over there okay. and false reality. Drew. I'm just telling you, just trying to get you guys a little bit down here real quick. Drew. My God. Kentucky has lost their starting running back possibly for the year for the DUIRS. Barry and Brown has an alleged That's gun charge and won't play for them. Their star freshman receiver. Their Alabama freshman receiver transfer, Javon Baker, <laughs> is not going there anymore. He's going to Georgia Tech. Who is Will Levis going to throw the ball to? If he struggled against Chattanooga, 
what, what I mean, are we doing I don't know, here? I don't know. Good, good quarterbacks make, you know, like wide receivers that were very underrated or not known look great. I mean, Hendon Hooker did that with Cedric Tillman, for God's sake. And if you're going to yeah, argue and otherwise. And Wondell Robinson is gone. So, okay, well, you know what? I never said that. We were losing Kentucky, for God's sake. I mean, I said Florida. True. I was talking about Florida, <laughs> not Kentucky. We're beating Kentucky. That's so uh, elite to, to surpass this. Who, who do they have? He's going to be the leader for that. Who's going to be the leader for what? To try and beat the Vols. Who's the leader? If Will Levis is king. I mean, it's like we're not losing to Kentucky. Like, I've never said yeah, that we were losing. I said for Florida, if you're going to think that Will Levis is so good. We, okay, we know Florida? every single – okay, all right. We know every single year that Florida has one random-ass guy or quarterback that no one even heard of. That just has a Heisman type night every single year. It was Emory Jones last year. I'm think I'm telling you this year. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Anthony Richardson. I, it's going to be close. This is going to be the closest Florida game that we've had in years. But oh I'm just God. saying, history tells us that even when we have the best teams in our program history, which this team is certainly not, we still find ways to lose to Florida. And if you're going yeah. to argue against that, then you're arguing against facts. I mean, it's just my like that's all I can say. So I think this is a great spot to uh, throw out there. There was actually a Twitter thing. It was talking about Arkansas or Tennessee, which one's going to be the first one back to 10 wins or who has a chance to get back to 10 wins this year. And for the SP plus, we talk about it a lot. Drew thinks we're losing to Florida, but it has Tennessee. It has uh, Arkansas having the second hardest uh, SEC schedule SP plus for ESPN. And then we have the second easiest this year. And looking at our schedule, it's obviously is favorable more this, this year than, what we're used to playing, you know, having to be the team that always has to play a Bama, Georgia, Florida, um, all the other games, they kind of are favorable compared to that stretch. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I just – I don't see Kentucky being a threat. I think Florida has more depth issues than we did under year one under Heupel. And I never said was, Kentucky was a threat. I know. I'm, ta- I'm talking about Florida now. I think their depth is just obviously shot. It's going to take Billy Napier a few years, even if he is the coach to finally do it down there. I think it might take him a few classes to get it done. And I just, I just don't see anyone on the offensive side of the ball, even who AR-15 is going to throw to, to get the job done in a rowdy Neyland. We've got to remember we're playing in Neyland year two under Heupel for an offense that's just getting started. I mean, this team's going to have all the momentum going in there. I just don't see us losing the Florida. And the arguments – it's been five weeks, Drew. Yeah, we got to stop, I mean, man. Like our viewers. Are <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, remotely there. My my group chat. His nickname is AR fifteen. Yes, and you know, probably in this what day and age, not a good nickname anymore. Maybe no. What a nerd. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's terrible. I will say though, like between us and Arkansas, I still think we'll be the first team to win ten games, just solely because of the fact that Arkansas has to face Auburn, Ole Miss. Alabama, Texas A&M every single year. And then even Mississippi State, who's mediocre, they are still miles ahead better as the worst team in their division compared to Vanderbilt and South Carolina and Missouri. So I think if there's – I mean, I think we'll win 10 games first. I mean, obviously that would, of course, would say potentially a couple upsets happening because of that. But I don't think Arkansas is winning 10 games this year. I don't think they are at all. So – Honestly, it, it's kind of crazy thinking about that because, uh, like, we're like, yeah, we hate seeing Florida, Georgia, Bama every year. But imagine seeing Bama, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State. Why well, Mississippi State at times. But um, <clears throat> LSU, Auburn, Bama, Ole Miss every season. And then, like, 
Yeah, oh, A&M too, yeah. So, I mean, you always forget, like, how how deep the West is. Because I feel like there's never been a time where – I might be wrong in this, but I feel like there's never really been a time that a team has been as down bad in the West as Vandy has ever been. Like, because Vandy's always just piss poor. You know what I'm saying? Like, like sometimes we, we really, like, have an argument of whether or not a high school team could beat Vandy. And like, like there are. I mean, arguments I mean, East Tennessee State yeah, shut them was, out last year. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Twenty three. It was twenty three to three. I think they shut them out. No, I didn't no, even. They, they, they keep the score. Goal with like they got a field goal on them. They got a field goal on them at home. They got a field goal on them at home. Johnson City. I mean, represent. that's what I'm talking. I mean, about. that's a that's the thing though. It's like Ole Miss has had some bad teams, like some really really bad teams in the last 15, 20 years, but nowhere even remotely close is consistently awful as Vanderbilt. I mean, you're talking about Vanderbilt's greatest season ever was a Music City win. Like I think it was like back in 2012 yeah. when they finally won nine games. That's their best record ever. Nine, nine and four. four yeah. So. Nine and four. I hate to uh, bring up Florida again for Drew's sake, but, you know, people are making a great point in our YouTube chat. Chris, you know, Richardson's the same guy last year who missed the game, getting hurt, doing a TikTok dance. I think it was actually the renegade that he was doing. And oh, he actually God. he was actually literally was out for the game for TikTok dancing. That was the actual reason. And then Ben I makes a great point. my team. No shit. Ben that. makes a great point. Um, last year, AR had a 6-5 to five touchdown interception ratio. Sub sixty completion, a QBR of sixty of seventy one, and I agree with Ben in that last statement saying he's not a slam dunk quarterback. This is the same guy that Billy Napier when he came in, he didn't you know, AR he uh, he entered the transfer portal and came back. Billy Napier, you know, he was going to lose him. He didn't want him. Probably wasn't going to fit in the system. So, not having confidence in the guy originally and then bringing him back because you really have nothing. You know, that's the best option for you. I just think that it's going to be a a bigger process for them than people think, even though they're not having like sanctions like we did hold them back. I just don't see going in week four, Neyland, beating Pitt, beating Akron, Ball State, getting the job done and going in there and the offense full blaze. And I don't see why we don't win that Florida game, in my opinion. That's just, it, it's a really good well, point. You know, you know, we're supposed to be Georgia State three years ago. So, I mean, you know, just saying, like, we might find a way to lose regardless. I mean, I'm not trying to be a negative all. You know, you can call you me are, balls. You, you literally are, though. You want to be you want to be that guy. <laughs> you you, you want to be him. No, I don't. That guy's miserable. I mean, he was trying to say that how that, like, we're going to be second to last in the East this year. So That's crazy. I, I don't know how you actually, like, live your life and believe that. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to hate on nobody, but I, I really don't know how you do that. I'm telling you, it's Pruitt's burner account. Like, I'm, like, I'm more of a certain <laughs> of it. It has to be. There's no one that can be that spiteful of a football program as much as he is with Tennessee. Well, um, I will say, um, as if if we're ready to wrap up, um, there was a question that was posed in the chat. It does kind of go back to baseball. Um, okay. So if if y'all are ready for that, we can. But if not, I just wanted I wanted to just kind of put that on y'all's radar because he he uh, it was stone cold balls. He said it a little bit ago, um, but I did I did want to get to it if y'all wanted to talk about that. Um, it was just he he says or he asks what is y'all's top eight college World Series predictions? Um, I'll say I'm very ignorant on the rest of the field. Um, but again, like with, with a team that's been number one since mid-March and has put up as like historic numbers as we have, um, I think, I think I saw something today that was like, 
we are top 10 in 19 different categories covering offense and defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when you just when you say that, like, yeah, the target's on our back, but like the target's on our back for a reason. And that's because people look at us and they want to beat us because of how dang good we are. Um, I, I truly don't think it matters. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like it, when it, whenever we match up with somebody on paper, like we still favor that matchup in any way you cut it. Um, again, I could be naive. I am. I'm ignorant on the rest of everybody else that's here. But my prediction is we're number one, and people gotta people gotta prove to us that we're not by beating us. <coughs> Until then, my my hopes on the balls. But yeah, I just wanted to open up that that conversation to y'all as well. I see. If I'm not, I wouldn't be able to name eight. Just yeah, I'd be. How difficult uh, the path, <clears throat> but I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident that you know Tennessee will be in the top eight. I don't know who else though. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, all I really give a shit about is the balls. All scout teams like if I have to or for the sake show of show up, yeah, yeah, or if they show up or whatever, but. I don't really pay attention to all the other sports because I simply don't have time and all the other teams anyway. So I think we certainly get there. It's just who we play. I don't know, but hopefully we're ready. Yeah. yeah I'd be uh, I'd be lying if I said that before I just pulled it up on Twitter right now, I knew who any of the other teams were besides our two regions of us and Georgia Southern, but kind of looking at this right now on the bottom uh, half of our side, I could definitely see a team, like maybe Oregon or Texas A&M kind of get in that final eight in our division kind of there on that side. <coughs> and then on the right-hand side of the thing, I kind of do down there at the bottom, we have Oregon State and Vanderbilt that could both kind of be a threat. Both had really good RPIs, uh, you know, kind of struggled against ranked teams, but did get the job done in their conference, you know, didn't get to host a regional, but definitely really good teams. Um, on the top half, I could definitely see a team – like Oklahoma State or Arkansas trying to get back there. And then you have Maryland, who's been really, really impressive too. I wouldn't be surprised to see like an ACC team sleeper get in there late, late on the other side. But the out west uh, brackets and regionals, they're really stacked. And I think that Vanderbilt, they have a tough path. But if they can get past there and be Oregon State, I definitely see one of those two teams in the finals. Yeah, I mean, I can't really say like, who will be that top eight as well because like i'm pretty sure all the teams i'm like predicting are like contradicting themselves because they play each other at some point but just because it's so complicated i don't even like it's just this is such a weird tournament format but like i think vols is a certain i think it's almost a guarantee that tennessee will be in there even though i think we'll have some hiccup games for sure it's just because it's inevitable with tournament but virginia tech i like virginia tech a lot i think stanford will be in there too and I like Oklahoma State beating Arkansas in that regional as well. Yeah, I was going to say it, it is wild that it's like I was trying to explain it to somebody. And then when I was explaining it, I was like, wow, that's kind of eye opening that it, it's a tournament of 64 that immediately cuts to 16 in the next round. And it's like there, there's so many moving parts. There's so many moving pieces that it, it is it's and especially being double Elam. It's, it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, they can get beat but are they going to get beat like two times by either two separate teams or that same team that beat them once? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, I, I feel like it would be more hard to predict what's going to happen in this than it might be in March madness. Maybe I could, that, that might be a flaming hot take as well. Um, again, just, just by how the rounds cut down initially. Um, but 
Yeah, I'm gonna just echo what I was saying earlier. What uh, what we've all kind of said is that um, until somebody beats us, my money's on us. <laughs> and it, it's yeah. funny being in that position just because it's like we're hardly ever in this position. But I mean, yeah, only only seven. We've only dropped seven games all season. So you have to beat us. I I, I truly don't think that we're really gonna beat ourselves. Like you you have to show up and you have to play your A game and hope that we're off. And that is a fantastic position for us to be in going into postseason play. So you can't really ask for much more. But, yeah, I just wanted to get to that question because uh, Stone Cold was uh, posing it in the chat. But, Thanks. yeah. I, I guess to close out, by the time we come back next week, we'll be done with our regional. And then I'm not sure how the super regional of the, the Georgia Tech or the Georgia Southern series kind of works and when that schedule would be. But I think um, we all kind of disagreed there and kind of solidified that we kind of all believe that it's an edible or unanimous that we make it back to Omaha. Cause we said that we're definitely going to win this week. If we're going to be in the top eight, that's kind of securing a trip to Omaha and just to get back there uh, two years in a row. I feel like that's the hardest thing in general, just making it there besides winning the whole thing. If you can make it there, get past this, the regional and the super regional, that's impressive in itself. And to be in the top eight, um, obviously we're going to win the whole damn thing, but just to get back there after this historic season would be a great part too. So hundred percent, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it any better, Brando. Very well said. You're... All right. Are we done for the evening? I was going to say that 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 little vote of confidence right there might be our sign off. That was kind of tough. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we'll be yeah. coming back next week. Regional champs in our region. Like I said, I don't know the schedule for the second part, but I, I think the way it. the schedule is, it's like Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So I think it's best of three. So we only have to win two games, I believe. So. Yeah. yeah. So like it's every weekend. So it'd be like next weekend after this following weekend. For the super yeah. So okay. so basically, we would start like the super regionals start next Saturday. So. Yeah, oh. that's right. Because when we hosted last year, it was a Saturday Sunday, but we won both, so we didn't have mm-hmm. to play. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't see us playing Monday. I just, yeah. Oh, no, no, no chance. Trey, well, yeah, did y'all see that? Oh. Closing it out. Trey Lipscomb, that man got custom cleats. It literally has the fur cat or the faux coat on his cleats, bro. Ridiculous. So wait, wait. I just think- um, oh, sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Finn, go ahead. Finn. Go ahead. Finish, Brandon. My bad. Okay, no, I was going to say, if, you, you, if, if uh, we come back next week and Trey Lipscomb has hit a home run with the fur cleats, with the fur coat on, I just think that's a monumental part of this season in itself. So um, fully expect to come back next week. Be heading to regionals, get the job done, and I just I think we're it's a decade of the balls. Hey, that's proof. So, yeah, no, actually, uh, oh, yeah, I should have said the Philip Fulmer quote: "The balls are back. Balls are back. Which <laughs> decade of the balls right here?" I... He wasn't wrong. It just wasn't with him. Like exactly. This <laughs> wasn't a part of it. Um, but yeah, so so regionals are June third to fourth, like we know already. Um, the supers are 10 to 12 or 11 to 13. Um, I, I guess, depending on when your region finishes. Um, and then the world series would be the 17th to the 26th or seventh, depending on that, how that shakes out as well. So, yeah. So for, for the first two rounds, it'll just be weekend to weekend. And then the world series will be weekend on, um, so yeah, so I guess I guess by next Wednesday we'll we'll be able to do like super region previews and mm-hmm. kind of review the stuff from the region and then go from there. But 
yeah, lining up really well for us. Absolutely. Watch party, field house for the College World Series. I propose. I think it'd be a great idea. So I wish I could freaking be there, but it's so hard to plan anything because it's so yeah. long. You never know. Yeah. I know we might not even be in it. So right, I know. Like, I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but I don't see how we couldn't be. Um, but yeah, I mean, that'd be cool as hell. Um, I'm probably not going to go to Omaha just because I was looking at shit and it's so expensive and you can't even plan. It's like, it's just kind of crazy, but watch party at Fieldhouse would be pretty dope. Hell yeah. Um, all right. I guess we're done. Yeah. Everyone, oh. any last thoughts? All right. Make sure if you guys will make sure one that uh, Lindsey Nielsen is full this weekend. Like, I don't want to see one freaking open seat. It better be full of balls. Um, two, I'll be there. I think Brando's going to be coming. So if, if you I can find seats, I'll be there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you have any word and tickets, let us know. Um, I'll be there. If you see us, come say hi. Don't hate us. <laughs> uh, we just want to make a hostile environment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But make sure it's rowdy. Make sure you're fun. Doing your part. Um might see low with another five star. <laughs> and leave your pitchforks this time at home. Leave your pitchforks. Leave them. Leave your pitchforks at home and send Kentucky back to the coal mines. That's all we got to say. Well, we've already done one, already one there, of those brother, things. They're already so. there. Already there. there all go. right. Well, no days off in the coal mine. Yeah, no I get that show. I'm, I've got to go. Like, yeah, for my computer's dying. <laughs> so. Yo, sayonara. <laughs> Bye. Good night. Go Vols. Hope everyone enjoyed the night.